Hello everyone, I'm Christine Bentley here with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Can you believe it's already December 1st? No, 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 no. I cannot believe it. I haven't done a thing. There's nothing. You know, I have lists coming out the yin-yang, and I have done nothing. Well... That It may not be the best thing if you haven't done your shopping, but it's definitely the most wonderful time of the year for dating. Yeah, for dating? You'd know about that because with the merry can come the scary. <laughs> and usually does. <laughs> so if you're worried about making a holidating faux pas, we are going to be talking to Aviva Rima. Now, she's a certified matchmaker and relationship expert. So we're going to talk about the do's and don'ts on how to survive holiday dating. So if you're single and ready to mingle, Christine... That's mm-hmm. you. That's, That's me. You. Okay. Well, speaking of the holidays, Toronto offers a ton of holiday experiences. And mm-hmm. travel expert Candace Sampson will be sharing one of her favorite holiday itineraries in Toronto, which is making spirits bright. Right. And as Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month was November, so it's uh, wrapped up. But actor Michael Moosey from the series Kim's Convenience is going to stop by. He lost his mother to pancreatic cancer back in 2013. He's going to talk to us about his family's experience and share important information about the signs and symptoms to look out for because pancreatic cancer is one of the deadliest cancers and it can affect people at any age. Dr. Melissa Hirschberg is back this week to talk about the importance of gut health with more and more people developing stomach issues from bloating and all kinds of food sensitivities. It really is important to separate the fact from the fiction when it comes to gut health and digestion and she is going to help us do just that. Yes, so many more people seem to be having food sensitivities, you know, allergies. Well, the, p- the people that I hear talking about IBS, mm-hmm. and I'm not even sure what is technically any anymore, because mm. I don't know anybody who doesn't claim to have some digestive issues. Issues. Yeah, well, film critic Ann Brody has the latest movie and TV reviews in Saturday Night at the Movies and performing in our live studio sessions today. We have 13-year-old singer-songwriter Ava Scaccia from Vaughan, Ontario. She's a member of the girl group Girl Power and she just released her first single, a solo single. It's called You Don't Really Need to Change and she's going to be singing that for us today. And a big congratulations to Louise Duffy from Uxbridge, Ontario. She won a copy of The Crown Season 2 on Blu-ray, courtesy of Sony Pictures Home Entertainment Canada. Be sure to keep your eye out on our social media pages at What She Said Talk for more great contests coming up. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. It's the most wonderful time of the year for dating. But with the merry can come the scary. So if you're worried about making a holidating faux pas, joining us now is Aviva Reimer, who is a certified matchmaker, relationship expert, and co-founder of Perfect Fit. That's a Toronto-based consulting company and dating service. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. What a great intro. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Well, we're going to try and cover a few topics today. We're going to start with the do's and don'ts of surviving holiday dating. Now, a lot of people get almost seduced by the holidays. How do you know if it's love or just the magic in the air getting you ahead of yourself? 
Well, I think the magic in the air probably has a lot to do with, you know, being holly and cheery during the season. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it has a lot to do with dating, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But it is a time of the year where people tend to feel a little bit more inclined to uh, cuff. <laughs> you know, cuffing season, right? Mm-hmm. They want to um, bundle up with somebody. They want to cuddle with somebody. They want to... Um, they kind of get a little bit more um, lo- lonelier or they're thinking about, you know, celebrating the holidays with somebody and partnering up. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it, it's, it's, I think there's a lot of pressure around the season when it comes to dating. Mm-hmm. And I think people should just relax and enjoy and be jolly and have fun. And, you know, if things happen, they happen. And if yeah. they don't, they don't because there's a whole bunch of great stuff coming in January and in the new year. It's funny that you say that because I'm single and I'm and I'm fine with it. But, you know, at Christmas time, you see people hand in hand shopping Mm -hmm. uh, where normally you would just see women shopping or men shopping. They're going as a couple because they're buying for family together. You go to parties. Everybody's in a couple. You go to restaurants. Everybody's in a couple situation. So you do kind of. I, I can see where there are times where you feel a little bit left out. That's right. Yes. So there's that sort of pull, maybe, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. But I can't imagine a worse time. Can you imagine trying yes. to take them to family parties or introduce them to people, your friends? Yeah, so um, around the holiday season, it, it, it's a little bit tough. <clears throat> I mean, you can go to uh, great Christmas parties or, or, you know, if somebody invites you to a dinner party and it's a little bit more intimate at somebody's house, it's a great way to meet somebody. Um, yes, you know, there's definitely a lot more couples, you know, because mm-hmm. somebody wants to bring their spouses, etc., to to the Christmas parties. Um but you know, and you do you do notice that a lot more because it, the the season is a lot more sentimental to people, right? Would you do a first date with somebody at an event with your friends when you don't even know if this might be a complete? It depends on how laid back you are. Like some people are just really easygoing, and they they'll just go with whatever. And you can you can go as friends. You know, for example, if you meet somebody, uh, you can just ask them to come along just for the fun of it. And maybe there's some interest between the two of them. They can just come along and you know meet some great people. But if you want to talk, um, if you if you if it's an official date, I would definitely not. You know, take them somewhere where, you know, there's family involved or or you have your good friends because people need to earn your respect first. Right. In order to uh, have in order for you to want to introduce them to somebody important. Right. You know, it has okay, to be something so that's significant. The flip side of not not getting offended if that person doesn't invite you. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I would say I would say that is. But but what I'm curious about, and mm-hmm. let's face it, I've been married since before the invention of the internet. Never done any <laughs> online dating. Can't even imagine what that would be like. Right. But how long? Like, what's the cutoff? Like, if you start dating somebody in the middle of November, mm-hmm. then so say you've been going out with them for a month. By the time the holidays roll around, I mean. Is it then, should you be expected to invite them to a couple of holiday functions, maybe not the big holiday dinner? Mm-hmm. And what about exchanging gifts? Like, are there sort of, you know, societal decrees for that ty- type of timing? Okay, so first of all, it, it depends how hot and heated the relationship is. Like, right. how, you know, are, are you really off to the races or are you just slowly dating somebody to get to know them first, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's a lot of passion and you're really hitting it off out of the park, absolutely invite them to your holiday party and, and have fun with it. I think um, you shouldn't jump the gun in terms of inviting them over to a family function. I think Mm -hmm. you have to be a little bit more cautious there because, you know, it's kind of like the honeymoon stage and, and, you know, you're just getting to know each other. Things always come up down the road, whether, you know, things that you like or don't like about people. So don't jump ahead of the game and kind of put the the, the, ho- the carriage before the horse. And what about the dreaded gift? It's just awful when somebody gives you a present and you have got nothing for them in return. Okay, so being thoughtful around the holiday season is a great thing, mm-hmm. right? It, it, you can definitely give somebody a gift, but there's a level of like gifts that you can give that would probably be a, like a, a sign of, you can do something small. 
Right. Yeah, you know, you don't you don't Adjust go all out. Vote. You don't go all out. And some of these small things could be, you know, maybe a money clip for a guy. Um, it could be, you know, a little jewelry box for uh, a, a female, mm-hmm. right? Um, something sentimental. Uh, a nice card is even nice, or maybe. Um, uh, a facial or it just it's nothing sen- nothing to super sentimental for sure okay so what is just me january because i understand that comes right after the holidays it sounds a little bit like dumping season <laughs> <laughs> okay so i see the cup half full okay. not half empty and i would probably encourage people to see january and the holiday season in the same way you know, um, try not to get too down in the dumps about being alone because, you know, there's wonderful things that can happen just around the corner that you never expect. So when it comes to January, um, I think the focus should probably be on taking care of yourself and and setting yourself up for a great new year, uh, pampering yourself and not really worrying about being with anyone because if it's meant to be, it will happen. So then what are some signs that your relationship will not outlast cuffing season? Um, When you start noticing someone wanting to hang out with their friends more than with you, Mm -hmm. um, um, you know, when you start noticing someone making some excuses, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the time there's a lot of red flags, but people don't want to listen to them. (laughs) But if you're paying attention... um, you, you know, if you're starting to notice certain things about a person, certain ways, or how do you help as a matchmaker? Um, in terms of matchmaking, yeah. or actually like uh, building yourself and and uh, uh, as a matchmaker, matchmaker, to... Christine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm very, very particular in my business. Um, for me, it's very important to build a relationship with somebody and really mm-hmm. get to know them first to know what they like and what their deal breakers are and you know what kind of emotional state that they have you know do they have a high emotional like you are they able to deal with things well in a relationship things like that that are really good signs for me as to whether mm-hmm. I want to work with somebody or not mm-hmm. um, because I think they have to be in a really good place to to allow for things to happen and sometimes Seasons like this, people kind of get a little bit antsy or, you know, they're worried maybe they're going to, you know, they don't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. So this is how all these feelings start to creep up even during holiday season. They're a little bit more intense, right? Right. So, But after, when, for example, things start to disintegrate, you're not around. So mm-hmm. it's it's hard, right? Um Because you can set people up and then you say certain signs. Okay, but I'm always around. That's ah. the difference. Okay. <laughs> So, so you're a matchmaker and then a coach. I am I am a coach and then a matchmaker. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Well, right. now that makes sense because I yeah. would say if after the honeymoon stage, mm-hmm. the person wants to sort of spend some time with friends, that that's a normal balance anyway, They're that always... you're getting back to a normal balance. Like yes. I wouldn't see that as, oh, I'm being... You know, because really, do you want to spend 24-7 with one? Well, whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're just dating someone, whatever it is, each person needs to have their own life. And that's that really sets you up to have yeah. a really great relationship. Yeah. Now, Aviva, where can people uh, go to learn more about you and Perfect Fit and maybe get some more uh, tips? Well, uh, perfect fit, uh, hi, perfect-fit.ca is the website, obviously. Okay. Um, I'm a very transparent person, so they can call the office. They can ask to talk to me. I'm very easy to get to. It's not that hard. Right. Well, and I'd be happy to answer questions or, or even help. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Christine, you got the number? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us You're today. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure. You, you ladies are wonderful. Thank you. So are you. Thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Uh, excuse me, everyone. Now that I've discovered Hill Street's alcohol-free beer and wine, I've decided never to settle for anything less than the best. Linda, I will no longer eat your home-cooked lasagna. Dave, put your guitar away. You're terrible. And Janet, I'm leaving you. 
that's all. Please continue the funeral service. Hill Street Beverages. 0% alcohol, 100% taste. Don't settle for anything less. Available at fine retailers across Canada and at hillstreetbeverages.com. Teeth as white as snow? Want to give something different that someone in your family will remember every time they look in the mirror? Give the gift of teeth whitening. $249 lowest price in the market. Go to snowwhiteteeth.ca to order now. Snowwhiteteeth.ca. This is 1059 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to what she said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Back pain, nausea, loss of appetite, and fatigue are all symptoms of just a cold and flu, right? Well, actually, wrong. Did you also know that these symptoms are also common signs of pancreatic cancer? Not many people do. Joining us now is Michael Musi from the hit show Kim's Convenience, who is here to speak about one of the world's deadliest cancers that definitely needs more attention, more awareness, and progress to help patients fight and survive. Welcome back to What She Said, Michael. Thank you for having me. So I've always heard that uh, pancreatic cancer was not survivable, but it is, but but the rate is very low. It's it's quite low. It's shockingly low, and it's the lowest of all major cancers. And yet it receives the least amount of funding. It's the one that nobody knows anything about. It really is the underdog of, you know, of all major cancers. And the other thing that I find really surprising, because my father actually died of pancreatic cancer, mm-hmm. among other things, but, I mean, that was the reason. Right. Um, and he was 89. Right. But it actually can affect any age group. Right. That's right. My mother I did not know that. At 52 years old. Yeah. And my mom, you know, it's kind of, as you said, the, the things that you just mentioned, which are common flu or cold yeah. symptoms. Um, and all we know about pancreatic cancer right now um, is that, you know, if you're a smoker or if you have poor diet, all the things that we hear about, uh, that's the only thing we know could contribute to pancreatic cancer. And my mother was 52 years old exercised every single day, ate an organic diet, laughed more than anyone I knew, um, you know, was filled with love and had lived a really happy life and got diagnosed and died seven and a half months later. Um, and it's because we don't, we don't know that there was no science for her to know. Yeah. She had some, you know, some stomach issues and some back pain, but, but who doesn't, you know, and she went to the doctor and he said, you know, go get a massage. Wow. Uh, because and you you've just answered one of my questions because my dad was diagnosed, died 10 days later, mm-hmm. and not until the last three days, four days maybe, did he have any pain. That's right. And I heard, you know, this is myth maybe, or maybe it's doc med, Google Med. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that pancreatic cancer is extremely extremely painful and you would everybody would have to know because they would be in extreme pain. No, that's not and that, true. And, yeah. and, and now you've answered this. Right. I mean, like, you know, obviously when we look back and we're like, oh, yeah, she did complain. Oh, yeah, she did have trouble digesting some food and she did have a lot of back pain and she would often want to get massages and whatnot. But it's just there are things that um, they're not enough for us to immediately go to pancreatic cancer. And it's not enough for doctors to look into it more so than just being like, okay, well, you know, take better care of yourself and, you know, uh, get some massage and do some exercises and whatnot. So it's just that we don't know enough about it. Doctors don't, aren't, aren't, don't know what to look out for enough. And so it's the hardest cancer to diagnose. Well, is there a test? Is there a diagnostic test? Well, there is if it gets to that point, right? Obviously, um, um, if, you know, if you go to a doctor and, and, and you have jaundice skin or, um, you know, you're in excruciating pain, you'll get, you'll be able to get a biopsy and whatnot. But up until that point, there isn't really anything you can do besides literally going in and checking for cancer. But that's always people's last resort. Nobody ever thinks that that's what it is when you have something so simple as back pain. And so you're, so there is no sort of MRI or something. Your mother had a biopsy and then was told something. Yeah, months? she was told by the biopsy from the tumor. Oh. Yeah. yeah, because we, they eventually obviously did an MRI and checked and saw that there was a tumor uh, and they didn't know if it was cancerous or not, got the biopsy uh, results and okay. it, was, it was pancreatic cancer. So go through the symptoms again, all the range of symptoms that people, or maybe in combination that people should just kind Look of- Look out for. Because more important than not, it's telling your doctor, I'm not going to tell my doctor I have back pain. No, I'm yeah. tell my doctor I have the flu. I'm going to tell my doctor if I'm- 
you know, in unbearable pain, right. but not that stuff. But right. maybe you should. Well, you should, but also I think, you know, certain things like family history is really important. You know, if you have it in your family, you should be you should be really Wary. adamant about your yeah. health. Yeah. And I think it's it's something that obviously people need to take control of their health, but it's a weird, tricky situation where until we know a little bit more, we don't quite know what to look for besides those things that we mentioned, the back pain, uh, you know, the, the digestion, uh, the stomach pain, um, the nausea. But again, those can be so many things. So it is a really tricky thing, and we won't know more until until we know more. And the only way we'll know more is by by research and um, by donating to pancreatic cancer, like causes like Pancreatic Cancer Canada, who's doing what they can to, to, to you know, to know more about this disease that nobody knows really anything about. So, what about what factors may increase your risk of developing pancreatic right. cancer? Right. So right now, it's smoking. It's you know poor diet. It's family history. It's kind of all the things that go along with so many go other along things. With so many other things. What so, about modifiable risk factors like age, race, that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, for the most part, um, uh, men are more likely to develop it. Um, the older you are, if you're, you know, um, you know, people older uh, past sixty years old are more likely to develop it. But again, I've being a part of, you know, joining with Pancreatic Cancer Canada and being a part of this world mm-hmm. for, for so long, it's not the case. You know, there's so many people that passed away from this disease in their late twenties, in their early thirties. Um, lots of women. You know, I've seen more women than men. Uh, you know, so it just doesn't really. It doesn't quite add up because we don't know enough. When you say poor diet, mm-hmm. what specifically I'm, are, are we maybe talking about? Because sometimes is it maybe high fat or low fat or high carbs or low carbs or too much sugar or not what, enough fruit? Not enough fruit. I, what, yeah, I guess what, I think it's what, a combination of all of that. I think it's uh, junk food and not drinking enough water and not getting uh, you know enough nutrients in. Well, that's uh, everybody. Yeah, isn't it, it sure yeah, is. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, but but you're right. The stats are scary. 93% of people diagnosed with pancreatic cancer will die within five years. Mm-hmm. Most will die within a few months, Correct. as what happened with both your, your parents yes. here. So why is it such an underfunded disease? Well, I mean, if you look at something like breast cancer, mm-hmm. when breast cancer, like not that long ago, breast cancer was a death sentence until... You know, a bunch of women got together and created this huge movement. And then it started getting a lot of attention and a lot of funding and a lot of research was happening. And we, we, we've seen so much progress with that disease. But pancreatic cancer seems like a hopeless cause. So why would you want to give your money to something that won't make a change? Why, why would I give money to something that in 40 years the statistics hasn't changed? Like, People feel like their money is well, going. Well, isn't that a catch-22? Because it hasn't changed yeah. because nobody's had the exactly. money to do the research on it. So, and that's the problem is trying to get people to pay attention to a cancer that seems like a hopeless cause isn't really an easy thing to do. It's easy to give your money to something that shows, look, because of your money, look what we've done. And we don't, we can't say that with pancreatic cancer yet. So it's a lack of money for research into a cure? Yes, and and also to to know to know more to know to know what to look out for, so that doctors know what they're looking for, so that we can have early detection. Because right now, that is the only hope you have with pancreatic cancer is detecting early. So, how early would you have to detect, and then what happens? Well, it would have to be in its earliest stages. So right. It would have to be stage one. Right. It would have to be. Um, um, you would have to be able to operate and to remove it, um, and in uh, and if you. Because if you can't remove the tumor, it, there's really not yeah. much you can, can we, do. Can right? we live without our pancreas? Um, or maybe they just take a chunk of. Yeah, they would take take a chunk out of the of the pancreas or like the, the yeah. tumor. I don't. You can't live without. I think you could live with you know uh, with a portion of it and yeah. um, and, and be okay. But yeah, but it's removing the tumor before it's spread, before right. it's gone anywhere else, and and um, and maybe some chemotherapy along with it. But it's a tricky disease. Well, we need to get the word out then. That's right. Because a lot of people um, succumb to this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we seem to make the wrong assumptions about, about what's going on with our own bodies. Exactly. Sometimes we do have to listen um, and, and be reasonably concerned. For sure. About it. Just don't think it's going to be something like a flu that you know, will go away because mm-hmm. it won't. Um, so, and as you said, the key 
to early detection is knowing the signs and symptoms. So um, again, that's abdominal or mid-back pain, unexplained weight loss. I definitely don't have that. No. <laughs> um, jaundice, loss of appetite, indigestion, changes in, in your stool, mm-hmm. and new onset diabetes. So again, vague amalgamation mm-hmm. of symptoms there generally attributed to more other more common conditions. That's right. And the things like the stool and the jaundice, those are very those are clear symptoms, but right. those are usually advanced too, uh, too advanced. Yeah. So where can people go online to find out more information? Well you should go to pancreaticcancercanada.ca. Mm-hmm. It's uh, they're an incredible organization. We've been working with them. They care so much. They are determined to make a change. Uh, if you go to pancreaticcancercanada.ca slash lip dash sync, that was our event that we just did. We raised almost twenty thousand dollars this awesome. weekend in Montreal. Well done. Yeah we're very pumped. Yeah uh, we raised nineteen thousand so if we can get some more and, and meet us to the twenty thousand we're we're solid. Uh, yeah. So that's great. Okay, and the website one more time? PancreaticCancerCanada.ca. And there's also um, assumptions can be deadly. That's right. .ca. Is that where you can actually Yeah, that's Pancreatic Cancer Canada's um, campaign that they've created. And you can go on there and find a bunch of information on there as well. And I'm sure they can also follow you on Twitter. Sure. Michael Musi. That's right. M-U-S-I. Yeah. That's uh, excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming in and updating us. Thank you so much for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Teeth as white as snow? Want to give something different that someone in your family will remember every time they look in the mirror? Give the gift of teeth whitening. $249 lowest price in the market. Go to snowwhiteteeth.ca to order now. Snowwhiteteeth.ca. This is 1059 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, Saturday night at 8 o'clock, I know where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick my baby up and take her to the picture show. And joining us now is film critic Ann Brody for, you guessed it, Saturday Night at the Movies. And we're starting off today with Prosecuting Evil. Cheery yes. little film. Yes, cheery little film. What a man, though. He's about, he's as tall as I am, which is about five feet tall. And he's got a huge personality and moral standing. He is Ben Franks, and he was 27 years old when he organized and led the Nuremberg trials against war criminals in Nazi Germany, 27 years old. Mm -hmm. He's made a life, his life's work out of providing justice for genocides around the world. And Barry uh, Average, who's a local guy, has made this brilliant documentary on him. It's quite impressive. Um, you know, in France, for all he's done, all the awards he's he's won, and all the cases he's tried, lives in a little modest stucco cottage down in Florida somewhere with his wife. But you know, but I just want to say that he was a boy when he came to New York with his family. They fled anti-Semitic Romania in 1920 for New York. Nobody spoke English. They had zero money. A few years later, he graduates Harvard Yale School with top honors. And then goes on to this incredible career. Talk about the American dream. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that exists anymore, but it certainly did at one time, I suppose. But certainly a global dream. A global dream. And his son is now a global war crimes and human rights educator. So it's amazing. amazing. Yeah. And moving on with more human rights issues, we have Pardeep Singh Nagra, who made history when he fought the sporting establishment to the uh, to keep his beard as a devout right. Sikh. He's a boxer. Yeah, from mm-hmm. Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a film's been made about him. 
and Tiger. his called Tiger? Tiger. That's what his father's nickname was for him because he was such a fierce man in every respect. And he wasn't going to take it lying down. He wanted to box. He knew it was a racist thing. Uh, nobody could give him a proper explanation as to why he, a boxer shouldn't have a, a beard. Um, so he fought it. He went to the courts. He went to several courts and finally did win. Um, but I want to tell you that this film stars Mickey Rourke as his mentor in the wrestling ring. Mickey Rourke is such a good actor. <laughs> Believe it or not, <laughs> you get he's past so good. Bad plastic surgery, though, it's the worst. Isn't it is it? really yeah. the worst. But uh, <laughs> when you think of him and his Oscar nomination for the wrestler. He is so powerful. He gives this film absolute life. And the funny thing is he carries his little dog, number one, with him. Um, and the dogs apparently saved him from killing himself when he was depressed. And I heard that – so the dog is in the film quite a bit. And I heard that the little dog died recently, which is a shame. But it's a great story, Tiger, of uh, perseverance and believing in your own integrity and fighting against inequality. Yeah. I'd love to see this next one. Nothing like a dame. Every you would dame. love that. We've got Maggie Smith, <laughs> Judy Dench, Eileen Atkins, Joan Plowright. Yes. Um, yeah. And they're all gathered in Dame, jo dame Joan's backyard having really? a nice English tea. And she is actually 100% blind now. You might remember that she was married to Laurence Olivier. Mm -hmm. uh, so they taught, they dish about the industry and, and <laughs> I love it. all the ups and downs. And dame Maggie says, if in doubt, don't do it. And my favorite one is from, well, what's the other one about Judy Dench? The, uh, she says, uh, admonishes us to not be so susceptible to falling in love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and these ladies, yeah, it starts to rain on their little garden party. So they move indoors and out comes the booze. So it's quite a lot of fun. And all oh. four of them admit that what has driven them as actresses and still does today is the terror. <laughs> Of going in front of the camera, of going on stage, which is interesting. Who would have thought that? Yeah, unbelievable. Wow. Okay, Dead in a Week or Your Money Back? This is kind of hilarious. Okay. It's not the best film ever made, but it is kind of funny because this young depressed fellow in London decides he's tried to kill himself seven or eight times and failed each time. So he's even bad at that. But he decides to hire a hitman <laughs> to pump him off. <laughs> and this hitman, played by the very elegant English actor Tom Wilkinson, has brochures, and he lists the different ways you can go. And my favorite is the hero's death, where you arrange to have a bus come along and a child, and the bus screeches to a stop, and you pull the child out of the way, and you're hit by the truck, and you die, and everyone claps. So that's the ideal that this boy picks, and kind of happens kind of doesn't but it's so entertaining what a great premise <laughs> okay so what are you watching um on the small screen are you prime <gasps> acorn what do you like at the moment oh i'm loving both of those actually we have miss the marvelous mrs Maisel. Mm -hmm. season two starts on the fifth okay and it's such a good the quality of the original series just continues here it it feels like a musical comedy from the a stage comedy from the 50s and the art direction's insane Rachel Brosnahan won the Emmy for her role as Mrs. Maisel she's sort of a um housewife turned late night comedian raunchy as can be even though she's kind of well born and privileged and all of that so uh, season two, they spent a couple of episodes up in the Catskills. And it's hilarious. And as you'll read, they tolerate nature because they're not really into it. They're in their high heels and mm -hmm. little Dior dresses. And and <laughs> all they do is gossip. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> and she bashes heads all over the place. She won't stand for anything. Well, I can barely I can barely handle Netflix. But now I'm I'm, I'm looking I at think you Prime going, is yeah. she sees every movie, then Prime, Netflix, Acorn. and Acorn. I mean, it's all good. I, and, Hulu, <laughs> and Hulu and this is awards season, so I'm getting a ton of stuff in to watch. So I'm on like three and four films a day. And we can find all ads of movie and TV reviews up <laughs> now on whatshesaidtalk.com. Thanks, Annie. This is 1059 The Region. She said. 
connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at WhatSheSaidTalk.com. Joining us now is Candace Sampson, fresh from LifeInPleasantville.com. And Candace, you're going to be talking about making spirits bright in Toronto. Yes, yes. You know, I, as a travel writer, I, you know, I think it's in everybody's nature to want to go and find, uh, you know, great Christmas places to visit, like Germany or New York City. But, you know, Toronto actually has a incredible Christmas scene mm-hmm. every year. And so I want to talk a little bit about um, what's right here in Toronto. Okay. So uh, first off, I would say um, the best place to stay is the Chelsea Hotel. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but the Chelsea Hotel is the largest hotel in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is right in the center of it all for uh, all of the holiday happenings around Toronto. So it's a mm-hmm. great jumping off point. Um, and um, actually, they have a Santa in the lobby. That you can see, they have a little schedule, so you can visit Santa. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's great, and they also have for kids. They have a pool and a water slide, and I don't know if you know this, but they have actual real bunnies in the kids club. I did not know they had real bunnies. Yeah, we had a party there Too for sweet. Sophie when she was little. We had I I rented um like a, I guess it was a junior suite, and, right? And they actually were really helpful. They put it. They moved beds around, so we had a sleepover. Right. I had the bedroom, but they like put the big living room they changed everything up. we had food we had oh, the nice. swimming party downstairs and then the parents just dropped their kids and it was perfect it was the a good Chelsea is, is really a bit of a Canadian <laughs> you know uh, landmark you know everybody knows it and it's a great place and actually um, there is a Santa sale happening which is 20% off their best available rates of the oh. day and it starts November 29th to December 6th okay. and for stays between November 29th and February 28th and so for those people looking actually even maybe to give for uh uh, Christmas a gift, uh, you can get a great deal on the Family Day weekend in February. Yeah. And I know that feels like a long way off, but I would just like to remind everybody that Family Day is always crazy, and you can never get anything. So yeah. if you're thinking about it, this is the time. Um, the Toronto Christmas Market, obviously, uh, in the distillery district, it's in its it's only in its ninth year, which is, is mm-hmm. kind of still a baby, but it cracks top ten lists around the globe really? for one of the best Christmas markets in the yep. in the world. Uh, oh no, yeah. it's it's spectacular. It I love really the merry-go-round. Is. Isn't and it wonderful? In the winter, I think yeah. that's fun. Yeah. For me, it's all, it's just, it's just, oh, look, an Instagram shot. Oh, look, an Instagram shot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that market. It is so fun. And it takes a few hours to fully explore the stalls and shops. Uh, so you want to plan on spending some time and dress warmly, obviously, mm-hmm. because it's a lot outdoors. Uh, the weekends are extremely busy. Uh, so you may want to consider buying an express pass uh, if you just want to scoot by the lineups on the weekend. Um, there's the 52nd annual Cavalcade of Lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that is in Nathan uh, Phillips Square. Uh, and it takes uh, a, a part every year. And um, so this year, t- November 24th is the kickoff event, but the lights stay on, obviously, for weeks after that. And there's also a holiday fair in Nathan Phillips Square, uh, which is part Christmas market, part carnival, uh, when you can buy unique gifts. There's a carousel there. You can go for a skate, obviously. And they even have an ice bar. Mm. Yeah, mm, so nice. and admission is free. Mm-hmm. So that's December first to the twenty third. Um, have you been to a Ross Petty show? Of course, mm-hmm. right? Mm. My daughter was in one. I had to go. Uh, <laughs> I I love Ross yeah. Petty. Yeah. Really, I think that should be part of everybody's family tradition. Mm-hmm. Times. Yeah. yeah, it is such a fun show. They do such a great job, and and having the audience be a part of it, mm-hmm. and they, you know the humor that they mm-hmm. weave into it. So this year is the Wizard of Oz, a totally twisted family musical, and it runs from November thirtieth to January fifth. Uh, so I highly encourage everybody to get out there. Uh, the one of a kind show. Oh. I sent you. Yes, you, you had did. never been, and, and you're like, am... "Is this worth going?" I'm oh. like, "Oh my God, <laughs> Candace!" And I don't know. Did you come out that day, or I just sent uh, you in? Well, and I, you I, know, I was in the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> First off, it's the biggest show I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was I warned you. A spectacular. Spectacular find. And you can have a glass of wine. Yes. Or two was, while right. you're right in the middle. I can't do that at the mall. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> they haven't figured that out yet. And, and, and things wonderful. from all over the country. Yeah. Oh, and but beautiful, gorgeous finds mm-hmm. and everything from clothing to jewelry to food uh, gifts. It really what is amazing. And so this year, that's November 22nd to December 2nd. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, um, the Christmas windows. Yeah, pretty. You know, I think that People in Toronto maybe take it for granted, but not a lot of towns have that department store windows anymore. They don't do that anymore? No. There's nowhere I know of in Ottawa that has the Christmas windows really? like that, I think of. No? 
I mean, Nord, the, the new Nordstrom might, but the bay windows here in Toronto are yeah. spectacular every year. Yeah, and okay. they're such a delight to see. Mm-hmm. And one more thing that is new this year that I have not seen is the Nutcracker Christmas at Casa Loma. Uh, mm-hmm. So... Um, you, there you'll find Santa's workshop, festive food and drink options, and a holiday market. So there's lots to do in Toronto and no need to rush off anywhere else. It's all right here. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, one thing I have never done, it would be actually in Ottawa, is skating on the... You've never been the, skating? On the river. No. On the canal. Oh. On the canal, no. I, I think we have to revoke your Canadian passport. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to be back to talk about Ottawa. Okay. Skating, but I do but, go. Yes. I do go skating at Nathan Phillips Square. That's always fun. And you have a new one too uh, under a Bentway. Bentway. Yeah. The Bentway. Yeah. yeah. Under the Gardener. That's great. Yeah. 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 I love that outdoor skating. It's wonderful. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I think that that would be a lot of fun. So where can people go to to find all this? Uh, well, Chelsea.com obviously for okay. for uh, best rates for uh, the Chelsea, uh, and I have a. Uh, an article on life in Pleasantville about a holiday weekend in Toronto. Perfect. Thank you so much, Candace. Thanks. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Dear Diary, it's day 15 and I still can't seem to figure it out. How can Hill Street's alcohol-free beer and wine taste so good? A. They've invented a new undetectable alcohol. B. They're straight up lying to us. Or C. They're wizards and each drink is infused with the blood of dragons! I think I'm onto something. Hill Street Beverages. 0% alcohol, 100% taste. Available at fine retailers across Canada and at hillstreetbeverages.com. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. With more and more people developing stomach issues and food sensitivities, it's important to separate the fact from the fiction when it comes to gut health and digestion. So joining us now is Dr. Melissa Hirschberg, who is going to help us do just that. Welcome back to what she said. Thank you. Okay, so so let's start at the beginning. What exactly are gut bacteria? So we have trillions of bacteria inside our bodies, Mm -hmm. uh, and most of them are found within our gut, meaning within our digestive system and intestine. So we have hundreds of different species that line our colon and intestines, and these bacteria, it's important for them to be in balance, and that's what we consider um, a healthy gut microbiota or a healthy gut flora. And uh, when they're not in balance, how would you know? So it's hard to know exactly, but typically people might have symptoms of bloating or gas or constipation or diarrhea or just different digestive health symptoms. And that could trigger us to think, well, what about our gut flora? Let's think about our um, gut health. And it's, it's tough because there's no specific way to test it per se. Um, so it's one of those things we just always have to keep in mind and do our best to just try to create a good balance. So let me ask you, is this something that would would be naturally in balance and then we eat something or do something that causes an imbalance or are some people just born with an imbalance? So the food we eat um, creates the type of flora we have in our colon. So I mean, there's always a genetic component to everything. So, you know, different people have different gut microbiota, and it's unique and individual. But we can also influence it by the foods we eat. So when we eat a diet that's rich in um, fruits and vegetables and beans and legumes and whole grains, so good fiber sources, the chances of us having a healthy gut microbiota are higher than if we were to eat a diet that's rich in, you know, high sugar, high fat and processed foods. 
Now, fiber can affect other things because Christine, for example, has just been told to take psyllium because mm-hmm. she has higher cholesterol. Higher cholesterol yes. than, than my doctor would be is yeah. comfortable with and would, would like to avoid getting on Lipitor or, or you know... A, medications. A, yeah. yeah, medications. Um, so, yeah. So it's true. So fiber is good because it can impact our cholesterol levels, especially soluble fiber. When we include that in our diet, that can help lower our cholesterol. And there's also a link between a healthy gut flora and lowered cholesterol and lower inflammation in general. So so what would some of the symptoms be? You said you mentioned bloating mm-hmm. uh, or gas to find out that mm-hmm. you didn't have... So Bad it's hard. Bacteria. It's hard to say. So when you think about symptoms, I mean, there's been a link between, and the, I mean, this is sort of like a new science, and there's just more mm-hmm. and more becoming known about it. But there's been a link shown between a healthy gut flora um, and inflammation, weight, skin health, immunity. So if you're just not feeling as healthy as you should be, in other words, if you're feeling, you know, that you're gassy and bloated, and you don't seem to budget deep digesting foods well, or if you're feeling like all of a sudden you're getting sick more often or your skin's out of whack, you're breaking out, obviously go see your doctor and rule out potential causes. But if they don't find anything, you can think, hmm, maybe let's look at my diet and maybe let's consider, have I been taking a lot of antibiotics recently? And if you've been on antibiotics, well, that can wipe out some of the good bacteria in your colon. And that might trigger you to think, well, maybe my gut flora is not in balance or as good as it should be. Or you can look at your diet and think, you know what, I've been stressed lately. I haven't been sleeping well. I've been going through drive throughs I've been eating a lot of processed food. Hmm, maybe this is my body's way of telling me that, you know, my gut flora is out of balance. It's funny that you should say that because Kate and I were just talking about the fact that when we grew up, I don't think we ever talked about, I didn't know about antibiotics until yeah. I had children yeah. who had ear infections and, mm-hmm. and the doctor was saying, try and give them some yogurt and et cetera yeah. to rebuild that gut balance. But I remember remember myself having, um, I got some sort of something and uh, 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 was going to the washroom a lot mm-hmm. and didn't and didn't pay any attention to it and thought, oh, I'll just, it'll work itself out. And then my hair started to fall out a little bit and I was finally went to the doctor and she said, you know, you need antibiotics, your whole, your whole gut bacteria level is way off and has to be restored. So she's been probiotics. 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 Yeah, (laughs) and that's interesting. Right, so sometimes if that's the case, and then, you know, we want to think about getting probiotics from, you know, different sources. So always look, I always like to look at natural ways first before rushing to take, you know, a probiotic type Mm -hmm. pill. So probiotics we can get uh, in fermented foods. So the most, the thing that comes to mind most is yogurt. So you want to make sure that you get a natural plain yogurt as opposed to a sweetened yogurt because then the sugar might do the opposite of what we intended to do. Is Greek yogurt better mm -hmm. or worse for that? So I I don't don't quite understand the difference between Greek yogurt and other yogurt. A lot of protein. Protein, more 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 protein. protein. More protein, but is it better for your gut health? Not per se. No, No, I don't know if necessarily the probiotic or like the bacteria culture is higher in Greek versus non. but what's important is that you don't get one that has a lot of uh, added sugar. Just plain. Right. Yeah. Just so plain. go with plain. And I always say to people, the best thing to do is get a plain yogurt, a natural yogurt, and then add fruit to it to sweeten it, like natural fruit, like berries. And then you get a double effect because you get the probiotics from the yogurt and then the fruit are high in fiber. And so you'll get what we call prebiotics. So those are foods that are going to feed the healthy bacteria. So the yogurt's giving us the bacteria. The berries are stimulating the bacteria to grow. Okay. I, I have that for breakfast every morning, but I also add ground flax. Great. So and that, that's another that's form for... of fiber. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So what about if all that isn't working? Are there any kinds of supplements or anything you can take that can help get you back in balance? So, you know, if you're con- – so, for instance, let's say you're constipated. So mm-hmm. someone might be constipated and they might turn to, you know, a probiotic, like looking at their diet saying, okay, so let's increase the amount of fiber we're having in our diet. Mm-hmm. Let's increase the amount of uh, probiotics. And if that's not working, then I would look at, you know, are we drinking enough water and are we doing enough exercise? Make sure we're getting the fluids in. Make sure we're doing the exercise. And then if you're still bound up, well, that's when you can turn to something over the counter. So you could use like a gentle 
a gentle laxative like Senecot, uh, which has senicides that are a, um, a natural way of relieving constipation. They use the senna plant, which has been grown and harvested for years for its laxative properties. And there's other things like you mentioned as well, psyllium, um, stool softeners. You can look to what over-the-counter remedies. Obviously, you don't want to be taking something chronically, but this is for just the occasional relief of constipation. And you don't want to take something chemical. You want to take something yeah, the natural, pretty uh, pretty natural. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you're trying to rebuild something as opposed to So and that's I mean it's you take it overnight. It's not going it's not going to be it's not like that stuff you have before you have a colonoscopy that's going to No, it's more gentle. So you, you would you take you know something like Seneca you would take you know before bed and it usually works within um, you know 6 to 12 hours. So Overnight, so that when you wake up in the morning, uh, you'd be more likely to have. Well, I think it's pretty natural, given that it's been, as I understand it, a natural laxative for like thirty five hundred years. Yeah. And your grandmother taught you how to. Yeah, I used to make her. She had well, she actually had bowel cancer, Uh. Um, but I used to make her centipod tea. She had like a jar full of yeah, like centipods. They almost looked like a snow pea pod, but brown. Yeah. And we used to make tea out of that because I don't think something like Senecot existed. Back in a pill no, form. people no. used to use the, yeah. you know, the actual senna yeah, exactly. plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. But really the same ingredients because it's... Yeah, it's the it's, senna that causes, um, yeah. it triggers a um, contraction of the large bowel to help stimulate. And sometimes that's all you need is just... Uh, just a little gentle push, yeah. and then things start working. Yeah, especially if you've been on certain medications. So when we see yeah. it prescribed a lot is, you know, if you've been in the hospital. So uh, other things that are associated with constipation are hospital spa- uh, hospital stays, um, immobility, like if you're not moving around or walking around, or if you're on prescription painkiller type medication. So after an operation or if you've had pain, those sometimes affect the bowel to slow it down, um, in which case then, yeah, you'd want to take something like um, a Senna product. How long how long does it take to get everything back in balance if you've been on, say, antibiotics? So if you've been on antibiotics to get your gut flora yeah. you mean, back in balance, I don't know if I've seen a study that tells you exactly how long, mm-hmm. but I would assume it would be a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. think of um, um, if you're eating probiotics and you're eating a healthy diet after having been on the antibiotic. I actually did see a recent study um, that just popped up in my emails from a recent new medical study showing, though, that... Don't just rush, say, I've been on antibiotics, I'm just going to not change my diet, I'm just going to grab a a probiotic pill. Because I actually saw the study that showed that just taking a probiotic pill can actually delay uh, the restoration of the healthy gut microbiota. So you really can't, we always have to think about lifestyle. Where can people go to get more information on this? If you want more information on Senna or on uh, constipation, you can go to senecot.ca. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Melissa Hirschberg, thank you so much for joining us today. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Meridian's three-year escalator GIC can help you save for a bucket list trip. In the first year, earn 2% interest. In the second, 3%. In the third, 4%. Those escalating savings could be the difference between this trip and this trip. Visit a branch or meridiancu.ca today to get started. Meridian, saving for a better life while living your best life. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. You're different. I kind of like that you're different You don't always need to fit in Listen I'm here to tell you I'm here to tell you This is What you are listening to is You Don't Really Need to Change by 13-year-old singer-songwriter Ava Scatcha from Vaughan, Ontario. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you for having me. You are a member of the uh, girl group Girl Power. Now, that's a group of young girls who perform and sing to inspire youth with their songs and social causes. And this song is your first one as a solo singer. So how did that come about? Well, um, 
my agent said he wanted me to work with these songwriters. So then I went over to their house and then we were sitting at the piano and they're saying, okay, so we're going to write a song. What do you want to write about? And I was like, I don't know. And then he said, well, what kind of message do you want to put out there? So I was telling them, oh, I just want people to know that they don't really have to change and they should just be themselves and not change for anyone else. So you performed it during Anti-Bullying Week at a few schools in in Ontario? Yes. What was that like? It was really fun because I got to perform for a lot of kids that are my age and um, I just got to have a lot of fun interacting with them Mm -hmm. and yeah, it was a really good experience. What was the feedback like? Um, well, after the performance, a lot of the kids saying, oh my gosh, you were so great. And I was like, thank you. And then, um, I performed at my mom's school cause she's a teacher. So then after I got to stay in her class for the rest of the day and the kids are like, oh wow, you're so good. <laughs> <laughs> but did they get the message? Yeah. They said they really liked the song mm-hmm. and they had lots of fun watching the performance. So, uh, what's next for you? I definitely want to, um, record more music, write more music, make an EP, and just put my music out there for people to listen to and enjoy. Did you enjoy the the writing process? Because as I understand it, it's very important for artists to be able to write their own music. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it was a really good experience, because the only times I've ever written were by myself, and these were like professional songwriters, so it was a really cool experience that like you never get to experience a lot, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. so. so it's learning a new process, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. yeah. Do you think your own songwriting will be better on your own after that? Yeah, definitely, because it taught me a lot of like techniques and like different methods in writing and things you need to really pay attention to. So I'm going to apply that to my writing now. So which do you prefer, or do you know the song, the writing, or the performing? Probably the performing. (laughs) (laughs) What are your social media handles so everyone can figure out how to get hold of you? So on my Instagram, I'm at avastar22, and avastar is all lowercase one word. Mm -hmm. And then on Facebook, I'm Ava Marie Scatcha. And um, and your website is? avascatcha.com. And we should spell that S-C-A... Double C I A. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Ava Scatcha, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. That is it for what she said today. We'll be back again tomorrow right here on 1059 The Region at noon. But singing us out now, here is Ava Scatcha performing You Don't Really Need to Change. You're different You don't always need to fit in Listen I'm here to tell you I'm here to tell you This is The only thing that you're missing Is a reason to give in To the little things That make you who you are You you keep on second guessing and checking you won't hear the message won't hear the message I think I like you, I think I like you, I think I like you.
Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.